Welcome to the Dulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Hey, Dulos Youth, we are so glad you're with us again for the sixth and final week yep. of our Esther series called Made for This. Uh, we've had such a blast doing this study with y'all. And today, before we get into the Bible lesson, uh, let's play a little bit of a game. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, just an easy, quick game. It'll be fun. Uh-huh. I just need your immediate reaction, kind of your gut response to whatever category I get you, give okay. you. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Are you good on that? Yeah. Yes. Cole, you good? I'm good. Okay. So. <laughs> Favorite food? Pizza. Hot wings. Okay. Favorite band? Elevation Worship. Kings Leon. Favorite color? Red. Red. Weird. So similar. (laughs) Is this frozen? Favorite. (laughs) Is this what? Frozen. Frozen. That dumb. Like, (laughs) yeah. Favorite movie? Okay, for some reason, Die Hard came to my mind, but Die Hard is not my favorite movie. Good response. It's what's in your heart. Die what Hard. I, I'd say Bruce Avengers. Willis. Avengers? Okay. Uh, favorite song? Because he lives. <laughs> Graves into Gardens. Okay. Um, <laughs> I gotta get to favorite restaurant? Chick-fil-A. Is that restaurant? I mean, it's fast food. That's good. Gut, gut response. Go. No, it's they got to be quick. Chilies, but I don't. <laughs> you don't know. like chilies? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I would say like Peter Luger's. That was the best steak I've ever had. Okay, but you that wasn't your gut response. So, so chilies. that's not what's in your heart. <laughs> chilies is in your heart. You're a chilies loving diehard fanatic. <laughs> All right, favorite sports team? Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Prodigy. Touring it's team. not a sports uh, team. Stop. It's not a sports team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go Cowboys if I have to. Okay. If I have to. We're going to heat it up. Oh, gosh. Heat it up. I'm so nervous. Okay. Favorite local high school? I have to go with Summit. That's my alma mater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to say Bowie. Bowie. Nice. Is that just Why? Your- Why Bowie? Bowie's got a lot of haters, and I just want to <laughs> <laughs> put off for my Bowie students out there. Okay. Oh That's my. good. All right. Um, favorite smell? Favorite smell. It's going to make me sound not manly, but lavender. <laughs> I love the way lavender <laughs> smells. I like the smell of popcorn. Favorite. I also like gasoline. I love the way gas smells. Mm. Oh, leather and seats. And leather. Diesel and leather seats and lavender. What a mix. <laughs> I'm just saying they don't really yeah, add up. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Those things that was a lot up. of things, too, we threw at you. <laughs> okay, favorite store. Gut response. Walmart. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be Walmart. What is it, Kelly? Old Navy. My Old answers Navy. lead me to be one person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm that person. All right. I think you are. I hate to break it to you. Favorite shoe brand. Person. What? Favorite shoe brand? Shoe brand. Adidas? Lately, it's been Nike, even though I'm wearing Vans. I love Vans, too. Favorites. All time, probably Vans. All right, last one. Okay. Favorite book of the Bible? James. Romans. Okay. None of y'all picked Esther, and we're studying Esther. <laughs> okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, sorry. I do. <laughs> Go reaction. <laughs> so, hey, drop it in the comments what you thought of those, which ones you disagree with. I'm guessing they're going to be mainly Coles. <laughs> Mine uh, are pretty bad. You gave some great answers there. But, hey, as we close out this study, we want to pray before we jump into the last 
three chapters of Esther. And uh, Cole, will you pray? Get us going, yep. and then we'll we'll jump into the study. Yep. Father, thank you for today. God, I pray that as we look into the book of Esther, that you will just speak through every one of us. God, I pray that this won't be boring. It won't feel um, like a waste of time. But God, that you can just bring um, some truths out. God, some practical ways uh, that we can live our lives to look more and more like the people that you want us to be. God, I pray for our people watching that they can uh, learn from this, and that God, that you'll move in their hearts and just draw them closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we've been studying through Esther now for five weeks, and we've seen, I mean, this is such an amazing story. Yeah, like, sure. it'd be an awesome film if they ever made it, mm -hmm. um, like, in a good way. I'm sure someone's made a Bible film about Esther what before. What do you think it would be rated if it was a film? Uh, it, you know, they might have to be creative in leaving some parts out, but yeah. <laughs> That's why there's a VeggieTales version. <laughs> yeah, is there? There so, is. <laughs> So check out the VeggieTales <laughs> on Esther. What's it called? I don't remember right now. I can't remember what it was called. Okay. Yeah, but it's out there. But it's out there. It. Check it out. So um, we've been going through this story and seeing God's faithfulness all throughout, and now we're coming to the end. Mm -hmm. And as we wrap up Esther today, um, we really see God kind of just make everything whole again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what what's really neat when you study the Old Testament is before Jesus we have throughout the Old Testament these different characters that when you study Old Testament books they call them types of Christ. So they're not the Messiah, they're not Jesus, but they give you a picture of, hey, this is what Jesus will be like. So we have these types, and then they have what's called an archetype. So you have these people that are the, the ones that are against it. So throughout this book, we've seen two main characters. We've seen Esther mm. and Mordecai really leave, living these sacrificial lives, doing these uh, or making decisions that end up being for other people's good, not their own. I mean, we've just seen powerful stuff through this story. And so today, we wrap it all up. And Cole, I'm going to let you start us off. You can, cool. you can jump right in into the text, get us going with Esther chapter 8. All right, we'll start in uh, Esther chapter 8. I'm actually going to start in verse 3. You're good. Um, so here we go. It reads like this. It says, Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet and wept and pleaded with him to avert the evil plan of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. When the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, Esther rose and stood before the king. And she said, If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letter devised by Haman the Agagite the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who were all in the provinces of the king. We, we hear this text of Esther going back into the king, pleading with him um, because Haman's dead now mm -hmm. to totally revoke the edict mm -hmm. that yeah. Haman had written mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And when, when you look through this, this text, two months have passed and... As we go, man, what, what is God's plan when it comes to, to time? What, mm -hmm. what is God's plan when it comes to timing? Last week we finished with this, right? That, you know, we, we got to just trust God's timing because it's perfect. It's not ours. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So 
maybe lead us into our first point and tell us what is it, what does timing have to do with God's plan and how this works in the text? Yeah, I, I think like you said, it's important to realize when we saw Haman die, we thought, or at least I thought, if you don't read on, that like that was the end of it. Like, yay, Jews won, God's people are good to go. Yeah. But two months had passed and we see Esther's crying in front of the king because just because Haman had died didn't mean his edict had died with him. In other words, the Jews were still scheduled to all die. Um, and so I think that with, with that in terms of time, uh, our first point is that total victory takes time. And this idea is that things aren't just immediate. Yeah. And, and I think that we see that practically. When we get saved, um, sometimes we're disillusioned with when the day that you're saved isn't the day you stop sinning for the rest of your life, right? And, unless it's different for you guys. <laughs> um, no, it's the same, Lavender. Go ahead. <laughs> Lavender. But, um, but God's timing is a little bit different, and victory takes time. We, we know, practically speaking, that like Christ has defeated death, yeah. but people still die. And so the biblical, um, I guess, victory, just this idea is that it, it doesn't just happen immediately mm-hmm. in, our own, in our own lives uh, spiritually. So, so Kelly, help, help us out here. You know, when, when evil exists in the world, there's times when it appears that evil might be winning. But with this point that total victory takes time, how, how do we hold on? How does Esther hold on throughout the, her life, but especially in this one right here, where how do you trust God's plan to understand that total victory, total victory, really does take time? I think that, you know, it is really easy to get caught up in, like, well, we think evil is going to win, or we think that um, because things do take time, we have to be patient, and we may never see you know, the victory, but God always provides for his people. And I think we've seen in this story, like, yes, if you stopped in last week, it does look like there was a victory because Haman died. But as we're going to see through verse or through chapter 10, there's an even greater victory that God is bringing about. And, you know, as we've taught through this whole book, I think there's one, one big truth that we've always said, like being faithful. And that's so true. Like when we're facing evil or when we're waiting for that victory to come, if we continue to be faithful, that victory is going to God's going to bring that victory. Yeah. I think like what, what Kelly said in this book, it's this picture of we thought, we thought there was victory in chapter seven and then we really don't get it. There's a greater victory to come. Yeah. And it's a great parallel to us, right? Like when we get saved, we get a victory. Like we're dead yeah. to sin. We're alive to Christ. But the total victory, eternity with, with Jesus Absolutely. and with God hasn't come yet. So we're, we're living in victory. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a but shadow. But it's just a shadow, yeah, right? Like that, 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 uh, We say total, but it's this complete uh, this idea of completeness hasn't come well, yet. And, yeah. and that's where I was kind of leading into with this idea of the type up front when I was talking about Esther. Because when, when you look at the Bible, and really you look at all of, all of history, everything before the cross led up to the cross. Yeah. Yep. And everything since the cross lives in the shadow of the cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you look at us, we, we look at it from being on this side. And we, we have, hey, we know this is what Jesus did for us on the cross. We live in the shadow of it with the hope of, of what 
happens in the future, their hope was that the Messiah would come. Mm -hmm. And so there was these moments, and Esther plays this vital role where she goes into the king's throne room, makes a request again, and intercedes for her people. That's the book of Hebrews, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that is That's that Jesus. is Jesus yeah. being the the great high priest who tells us now we can approach the throne of grace with confidence because of what he did at the cross. And so you see this beautiful picture of of here's Esther and you talk about total victory taking time. You see Esther looking at it. Powerful moment leads up to the cross, Jesus does this for us, and now we're on the other side, living in the shadow of the cross, where we now get to approach the throne of grace with confidence. I mean, it's just so super good. cool yeah. to view things like that. Yeah, so great. when when we talk about total victory takes time and we see it in the text, uh, it's, it's, again, it's that faithfulness. It's trusting God. It's being full of faith. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that, that we've got to look at here is when we, we keep moving in the text, and Kelly, I'm going to let you yeah. lead us there as we kind of get through the end of 8 and start going into to chapter 9, mm-hmm. will, you, will you just explain a little bit of what happens after Esther makes this request and what the king grants her? Yeah, so um, in verse 8, it actually says, um, but you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring. For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. So that's pretty much just saying the edict before that Haman had gotten approved um, was to kill the Jews. The only way that could be overridden is as if the king put out another edict that could supersede that. Um, so that's what's happening there. And then you go to verse, um, let's see, 11. And this is what the actual edict, the new edict is going to say. The king allowed the Jews who are in every city to gather and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of any people or province that might attack them, children and women included, and to plunder their goods. So now they can defend themselves. Yeah. Like they are... They do not have to die. They can take up arms and fight for themselves. And it's pretty amazing yeah. because all of the authority that the king had given to Haman, yeah. now he gives to Mordecai. Mordecai. Yeah. Yep. So the queen and Mordecai are working together, yeah. and they're doing this, I love it. this exact opposite thing mm-hmm. of what Haman had done. And mm-hmm. I, I just think it's like the coolest because – Here's what happens to us. There's times when it feels like the enemy's winning, right? Yeah. yeah. There's times when it feels like not just evil, but the enemy's really making advances and really doing some mm-hmm. powerful things. And you're going, man, is Satan really that powerful? Like, it, is, is he able to do these things? And what we see in the text, point number two, Cole, you want to give it to us? Yeah, the enemy can attack you in God's hand, but the enemy can never take you from God's hand. So it's just, I mean, I, I love just saying that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but it's this idea, like you're saying, we're, we're living in victory, and we think that, okay, we have victory in Jesus, we've been baptized, we're good to go, God's going to take care of us, and, and we think, okay, nothing will ever happen to us. That's really not biblical. Biblically speaking, yeah, you can be attacked when you're in God's hand, but also, biblically speaking, you can never be taken from God's hand. And so point two is really just this clarification, biblically, of, of what that victory looks like in our lives. Yeah, and you can look all throughout Scripture yeah. and see people who are living for, for Jesus, 
but they're attacked. I mean, yeah. like the, the enemy's coming against them. And I mean, we literally see it in almost every Bible story. It's this type archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in our text, we've got Mordecai and Esther. They make this decree, send out this new edict that goes out to every city in the in the country at that time. I think it's 127 cities or something. I think I remember. Yeah, yeah 100, provinces. Yeah, 127 <laughs> provinces that. It goes out to, they're using the king's horses to get it out there, all that. What's the Jews' response? They're stoked. Yeah, they yeah. just start rejoicing. They're, they're totally happy. Finally, finally, they're not treated like outcasts. Finally, they're not just going to be oppressed. Like, they've, that victory has finally become tangible, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is just a little bit of history, like we've had some terrible stories of oppression in, in our country's history, of what happened with slavery, what happened with the Native Americans. I mean, just stuff goes on even today. But the most oppressed people in the history of the world are the Jewish people. And so, yes, they get this victory here, but... They also went through something called the Holocaust. Yeah. And even now they live at war with all of their neighbors in the Middle East. And they're they're just it's it's crazy what the Jewish people have to go through. And and I think it's important for us to understand this, especially when we look at this point, that the enemy can attack you when you're in God's hand, but he can never take you from God's hand. And God's promise to the the Israelites, to the Jewish people, are the promise he gave to Abraham. And when he said to them, like, that he's making a people for himself that are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sand on the seashore, and that he's going to give them this land, and he's going to be with them, and, and he's going to be, they're going to be his people, he's going to be their God. I mean, it's this powerful promise where even through the history of the Jewish people and all the oppression they faced, even here, they look at it and they go, you know what, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And even though we face these attacks, and we, we experience this joy. We experience this, this jubilation that comes from hearing, hey, 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 guess what? We're not going to all get wiped off, off the face <laughs> of the planet right now. Yeah. And so, Kelly, keep us going. Let's go into chapter 9 a little bit. Okay. Um, so what's crazy to me is the beginning of chapter 9, it talks about how the exact day that the Jews are supposed to be killed, yep. they end up killing all of those that were going to attack them, which is just wild. It's, again, like one of those, like, providential things. Um, Just perfect timing. Um, I think some important things to note is that um, I believe it was ten. Yeah, the ten sons of Haman were part of this whole, like, killing. Um, They they killed the sons of Haman, hung them on gallows just like their dad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it's one of those things where in life we want vengeance, right? We yeah. want people to pay for the evil yeah. they've done. And the Bible teaches us, God's the one who said it. He says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah. And even here, this, this evil doesn't go unpunished. Yeah. Like God does find a way to get justice in the end. Um, so Cole, let, let's talk a little bit about this. Like 
the Jews kill 75,000 people, right? Yeah. Yeah, it says it says it in uh, verse 16. And they got relief from their enemies and killed 75,000 of those who hated them, but they laid no hands on the plunder. Yeah. So go into that. Go into that a little bit for us. Like, yeah, I think the 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 question is like for us. Is it okay to kill people? Not not just kill people, but is it okay for us to get revenge on people? Like if someone hates me, is it okay for me to just go and, and take care of business? And when you read this, it's it's almost as if that's what the Jews did. That yeah, they went and finally took care of business. They took out their enemies. But realize that's not what happened here. Yeah. The yeah. the Jews didn't just go attack all the people that they thought had a problem with them. The Jews defended themselves against like a like re, like it was over a million people that wanted to harm them. Yeah. The Jews didn't harm anybody that didn't try and kill them. And so really what the Jews did is they just protected themselves. Mm-hmm. Like this was still the day that people went and tried to kill the Jews. Yep. The Jews just had the right to to defend themselves and so they did. And and realized too that like it says that they didn't take the plunder. They they didn't kill people to take their stuff. Yeah. Because they knew that that didn't honor God. That wasn't the way that God wanted to do. They, they literally just fended for their lives. Yeah. And if they hadn't, they would have been exterminated, literally. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I know there's times in life when we feel like we need to take justice into our hands. Yeah. Like, we, we need to do this. Now, hear me. We're not saying... And that's not what the Jews did. Yeah. Like, we're, we're not saying you don't ever defend yourself. Yeah. And I don't even think Jesus would say that. No. Like, when Jesus says if someone strikes you on one, one cheek turn them the other as well. Jesus is not talking about like, hey, don't ever stand up for yourself or stand up for people that are wrong. What, what Jesus is talking about is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 6 when he's talking about these lawsuits against people in the church that are, that are doing all these wrong things. And he says, Paul goes, why not be wronged? Yeah. Why not be persecuted? <laughs> because that's what happens to people that follow Jesus. Jesus says, you, you know, hey, if you're persecuted because of my sake, great, for they persecuted the prophets who came before you. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it, Jesus says, anyone who wants to be my disciple will be persecuted. You'll face it. And I, I just, I think it's important for us to, to address that taking matters into your own hands is never the right solution. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. It's trusting God, but yes, God does allow us to defend ourselves Mm -hmm. and to do what we need to do. And just kind of a cool side note in the middle of (laughs) Esther chapter 9. Yeah. So, all right, let's keep going a little bit. Um, They institute this new feast, this Mm -hmm. celebration, because of this incident. So talk a little bit about it. Who wants it? Who wants to talk about Purim? I, I can talk about it a little bit. All right, let's and then do it, Maybe Kelly. Cole can add some extra things. So Purim, right? That's how you say it. You got it. It's Purim. Purim. Yes. So um, this is this big feast. So just remember what's happened. Um, you know, a lot of their feasts were a lot like this, is just to look back and see how God provided for them. And this word, I think it's kind of cool to look at this word, Purim. The beginning of it, Pur, stands for lots, yes. which 
Haman had cast lots to decide what day he would kill the Jews. And so that's where the word comes from, which is really interesting, um, at least to me. I like seeing some of the history behind those things. Even now, people people in the English language call this the festival of the lots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really cool. They um, they read this story when this this feast mm-hmm. happens. They read the whole story of Esther. Any time that the name Haman is brought up, they are like booing and hissing, and they have like these like loud rattles that they shake. Like it's yeah, just the ki- wild. The kids bring these rattles <laughs> yes. in, and I think they say like they yell out, "Let him forever be yes. accursed" yes. or something yes. like this. Yeah, it's yeah. dramatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very dramatic. And, and what what's amazing about it is they still do this to this day. Yeah. yeah. But here, here we are, March 8th and 9th, they celebrated this year. They celebrate on these days, and it's this two-day celebration where they remember what God has done for them. Mm-hmm. And Cole, I'm going to let you talk a little bit. You know, this is Memorial Day weekend. People are going to be watching this on Sunday, um, the day before Memorial Day. Why is it so important for us as Christians to remember and um. Maybe even get a little bit as Americans. Like, why is this important for us to to remember these things? Yeah, I th- well, in verse twenty eight, it, it says that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation in every clan, province, and city, and that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews, nor should the commemoration of these days cease among their descendants. Mm-hmm. And so, even from this Esther's perspective, they're like, we should never forget this moment. Um, and here's the reality for, I'll start for us as Christians. For, for you as a Christian, the, the easiest way to, to fall away from God, to feel distant from God, is to forget about what God has done. And so if you forget about the fact that God has forgiven your sins, if you forget about the fact that God has given you a new life, if you forget about the things that he's delivered you from, then you're going to feel like, okay, well, well what, what has God done for me? And you start to feel far away. But those moments where you feel closest to God are are moments for like when you see someone get baptized and you remember for you what it was like when you came out of the water and and that emotion you felt when you were forgiven of all your sins. Think back to the day you met Jesus for the first time. It kind of makes you feel warm, right? And so there's power and value in remembering what God has done. Because when you forget what God has done, you kind of forget about who God is. Now, the the other part for for us as Americans, we, we we have Memorial Day coming up. And the reality is, is if we choose not to, to remember the people that have sacrificed their lives for us, then that's the quickest way to take it for granted. And, and we take for granted the, the ability for me to sit here and read a Bible publicly. People died for me to have this right. And, and if I don't remember them, then, then I can take this right for granted and, and not be appreciative of it. Yeah. And I, I guess that's for, for in every aspect. If we choose to not remember then we'll take for granted what we have. Yep. It's the, it's the thing your history teacher used to tell you, right? Those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of that, and I yeah. couldn't remember yeah. it. <laughs> but it. And it's just the, it's the truth where when we choose to forget the past, forget what we were founded on, forget all those sort of things, and especially it's, it applies to us as Americans, but it obviously applies to us as Christians. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. When we forget what God has done and we stop telling ourselves our stories of his deliverance of all these things, when I stop doing that, yeah, it, it's, it's devastating for yeah. you. 
You know, I I, uh, I was talking to my connect group last night, um, and I was telling them, I said, you know, faith is what propels us forward in our walk with Christ, but faith moving forward is best understood looking backward. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I want the motivation to push me forward to trust God, all I have to do is look back at what he's done. Yeah. And it's not just these powerful stories that, oh, man, God did all these things. Sometimes it's just the faithfulness that he brings yeah. every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which that, is fitting in our point, right? Yeah. Like, because the enemy is going to attack you. The enemy cannot take you from God's yeah. hand, but he's going to uh, attack you. And in those moments... You've got to look back and know that your God is faithful. Yeah. And I think to live in complete victory, it's important that you remember. You know, yeah. like if I like if I'm struggling today, but if I remember what Christ did on the cross, or I take communion, or I remember being baptized, I remember that I can get through anything that I face yep. today. I have victory no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So Jesus is the one who said what uh what we're kind of using as this point, right? Yeah. Give us that from mm-hmm. John ten. Yeah, it's John 10, um, verse 28. Doing a quick sword drill here to get to, <laughs> get to John 10. But Jesus said it in John 10, 28. He said it this way in verses 28 and 29. Um, he says, I give them, give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. For my Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So I would tell you right now, if you resonate with this point, if you're saying, hey, I struggle with being attacked, even though I know I'm a Christian, and you think, okay, is this real? Underline those words in your Mm -hmm. Bible. I I mean, they're red words. They're straight from Jesus. Jesus promises you in the Word of God, in the Bible, (laughs) it is written down. It's never been changed. The enemy might attack you. Your life might get a little dark sometimes, but the enemy can never take you away from God's hand. And, mm-hmm. and it's here in John, 20, or John 10, 28, but it's also in Romans 8. Yep. If we wanted to go to Romans 8, yeah. at the end of that, it says, I mean, I could quote it, but what can come against you? Yeah. What can separate you from God's love? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Yep. Yeah. And, and really, this point is all over the Bible. The enemy is going to attack you, but the enemy cannot touch you. He cannot take you from God's yep. hand. So good. Yeah, love I love that part of John ten twenty nine where it says that that he's more powerful mm. than anyone else. Mm. That yeah. mm. that that God, no matter what power comes against you, it pales in comparison. And so it's all so good. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's get in chapter ten. Uh, this is a short chapter. This might be the shortest chapter in the Bible. I don't know if that's true, but it's three it seems, verses. It's three it verses. Like it, it seems really small. Uh, give it to us a little bit, Kelly. Will you just let's just read them? It's just three verses. Okay, I'm looking for the hard words real fast. I think we're good. Uh, all right. Verse 1, King Ahasuerus imposed tax on the lands and on the coastlands of the sea, and all the acts of his power and might, and the full account of the high honor of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him. Are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Medea and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Ahasuerus, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. yeah. Like you love seeing a happy ending. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so it's this idea, point number three, 
that God never lets a surrendered life go to waste. Mm. And when we see Mordecai throughout this whole book, he's been faithful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's been doing what God has asked him to do. He's been faithful to what he knows that he's called to do. And now he gets promoted to be the top dog, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like he's second in command in this entire nation. And it's crazy because what we see is it's a huge contrast between him and Haman, right? So give me a little bit. Haman tried to achieve these things. Mordecai actually got them. What was the difference? Haman was super schemy. He was, yeah. I mean, he was very, very prideful. There um, is, right there. And, and Mordecai did it all honestly and faithfully and yeah. Yeah. good guy. Haman tried to do it in his power and pride, and Mordecai did it in humility with God's power. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the point. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, Go ahead. And for our personal lives, when you have a person, like God never lets a surrendered life go to waste. What that doesn't mean is your life's going to be perfect. We're not telling every one of you that you will become Mordecai if you surrender your life <laughs> to God and you will become a king. But what we are telling you is that if you try and take life in your own power, if you try and just amass riches and do all these things, um, I mean, you've read the history of books. Was it Cortez that looked for the spring of life, that wanted eternal life and tried to find it for himself? He failed. If you try and get life on your own, you will fail. But if you surrender your life to God, it won't be wasted. Mm. In fact, you're going to find eternal life. You're going to find purpose. Yeah, yeah, a much better life. And, and I love mm. the way that, that that point is stated, Yeah. right? That's not like, hey, a surrendered life guarantees yeah. the palace. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's that a surrendered life won't be wasted. Yeah. And, you know, it's the... It's the principle Jesus gives. That what, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world? Lose his soul. And yet forfeit or lose his soul. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many people that don't, don't trust God like Mordecai did. And they just try to hurry things. And rather than surrendering their life to God, they go, man, I want to do it in my own power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to do it on my own time. I want, I want it to be my way and this is, this is one of the hardest things to learn, but it's one of the most important things for you to learn in life. And we've said it over and over through this study. I mean, it's, it's kind of the hallmark of, of a Christian life. Yeah. And that is, like, whoever wants to gain life, whoever wants to get life, guess what you have to do? You have to lose it. Mm-hmm. You have to give up that control. You have to surrender your life to Christ and say, I'm going to do things your way. Wherever you lead, I'll go. I will do whatever it takes. And when that happens, God never lets that go to waste. And it doesn't matter what story you want to pull out. Every person that surrenders their life to Christ, their life is not wasted. Amen. But you know, there's a lot of people who won't surrender and their life is a waste. They could have amassed everything. Yeah. yeah. They could have been King or Hazarus, right? Yeah. And, and then, it's a waste. Then mm-hmm. they die and they take nothing with yeah, them. Yeah, it's pointless. Yeah. And how, how foolish is it to think that this world is all that matters? Mm. And all I want to do is store up treasures for myself here on earth. You know, like that, that's what I love about Jesus is that he tells us, he's like, why do that? Why store up treasures where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal? Yeah. 
Instead, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. You know what he's saying? He's saying, guys, trust me in this. You surrender your life down here, it's going to go way better for you when you're up there. Mm. But if you don't do it here, it's going to be really bad for you down there. <laughs> like, you know, and, and it's just a struggle we face where we decide, man, am I going to do things my way or am I going to do things God's way? And I think as we wrap this series up and we go back to the title, right, that you're made for this. Mm. I'd love to hear from y'all as we close it out. What's your, what's your one takeaway that you'd want students to get Man. after studying Esther and hearing you're made for this? What do you want them to know above anything else? So it's funny that you asked that question because as you were just talking about this last point, you know, I've obviously surrendered my life to, to yeah. Christ. Um, I work at a church. Um, but this has been such a good reminder for me um, because I am very much a planner. I'm a type A personality. I, I like to know what the next step is, but I'm not in control. Yep. And, and I know that God's plan is so much better than my own. And, I, and I'm being reminded of that just going through this book. So I would just remind all of you, like, God has an amazing plan for you. Yep. I know that you want to take control and you want to hold on as tight as possible. But if you just let go and truly surrender, he has awesome things in store for you. That's great. Yeah, I would, I would pretty much just echo that, that God has you exactly where he wants you and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And your life is not wasted so long as it's surrendered to him. I mean, I think the whole series is really wrapped up in, in these three points, right? Like you've got victory in Jesus. And yeah, that victory looks a little bit different. It might take a little bit of time. We've talked a lot about timing, Esther, but, but it's okay because you're in God's hand. And, and, and yeah, you might get attacked, but you'll never be pulled out. God, the devil cannot take you from God's hand. You're, you're okay. I don't care what's going on in your life. You're okay. Your God has you. And you might think, what am I doing with my life? I can't go to the college I wanted to go to. I can't play the sports I wanted to. I can't even hang out with my friends. My life is wasted. No, it's not. So long as you're surrendered to God, your life cannot be a waste. Your yeah. God has got you. That's good. So we hope that you've enjoyed this study. We sure have. Um, I got to tell you, you got to get on next week. Next week, we're going to do something special for all of our seniors, class of 2020. That's right. <laughs> uh, so it'll be a whole new thing, a, a great experience, and we want to encourage you to do that. I would like to encourage you also, though, if you've never given your life to Christ, you've never made that first-time decision to truly dis surrender your life to Jesus, please reach out to us in the comments, DM us on any social media, and we would love to help you start that relationship and uh, I will just tell you, you really want to achieve something great in life, you get it by surrendering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you allow God to be in control, it changes everything for you. Mm -hmm. And so we love you. We are so glad that you've uh, tuned in today, and we cannot wait to see you till next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.